Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. My name is Daniel Mark, and I'm joined today by Dr. John Newfeld. How are you doing, John? I'm doing great. Great to be with you, Daniel. It's great to be with you, and it, as as always, it's always a, a pleasure to be able to talk with you. And I consider you uh, a mentor from afar in regards to you have a lifetime of ministry. And as someone who's young in the ministry, I'm trying to learn in that way and, and find other people who um, I can learn from. And so I always look forward to these conversations, and I know that our audience does as well. So welcome back to the show. Great to have you back. Love talking to you, Daniel. Just a wonderful <laughs> joy. I'll, I'll start with a soft ball here for you. What was the deal with 2020? Okay. So <laughs> this is kind ball. of our this is our kind of our, our New Year's episode. We're looking forward at the year 2020 2021. Okay, but what was the deal with 2020? What did we just go through? Have at it. Well, I think what we went through, uh, obviously it's a surprise, although I think it shouldn't have been. We've uh, dodged some of these bullets over a number of years now. And we have been listening to all sorts of experts that have warning us that this possibility is before us. And I think, Daniel, there's a wonderful lesson to be learned here um, for all of uh, those out there who are convinced of the pride of man and that we can solve any difficulty and no hardship will ever come near us. 2020 is a wake-up call. The Lord needs to simply snap his finger and everything that we've known and thought to be normal and, you know, there is suddenly gone. Um, so 2020 is is an interesting lesson in uh, learning humility and dependence on God, I think. Yeah, as you're describing that, it kind of reminds me of a, almost a, a Tower of Babel moment. Absolutely. Um, where man thought that they have progressed and, and moved so far, and actually we can reach and touch God, right? And uh, all it takes is God to intervene, aka a pandemic, to completely humiliate mankind to the point where we're we're scrambling trying to figure out what to do and we're locked inside our houses out of fear of of a virus and um, it has been a, a strange time and I think for us as Christians we we have the the comfort of knowing that God's in complete control of this that we have a sovereign God who is in control of the universe but I imagine for non-believers for people who aren't Christians, that this has been a, a very challenging year. John, have you interacted with anyone like that? Have you found that to be the case? I think uh, what's been the case is that um, every one of us that are alive today have forgotten the lessons of history. Um, you know, since 1945, at the end of the Second World War, I mean, the world had been always a place where we had thought danger, war is just around the corner, as is disease and every kind of catastrophe. And then this remarkable last 75 years, uh, which we have lived under this umbrella of amazing peace. I don't know whether there's been a time in human history that has seen um, this kind of calm. Um, but, you know, COVID-19 reminds me that history hasn't gone away and that at any point in time, we never know when we're going to round a corner. And when we do that, I mean, suddenly a cataclysm will be upon us. 
it reminds us we've always got to be ready for um, you know, understanding our own mortality, ready for death, understanding that we need to be at peace with God, and that our home was never in this world in the first place. Our hope had to be in eternal things. So I think 2020 has reminded us of that. I think you're right. And I think that 2020 has actually exposed the fact that we aren't ready to die in the sense that, like, the idea of having a good death, I think, you know, in, in, in history past, one of the things that people wanted to do was, I want to have a noble death. I want to die well. And today, that's not even on our minds. It's, it's sort of, I want to live as long as I can. And, and guess what? With, through modern medicine, we can live as long as we can. And I think we have an issue where we aren't prepared for the aspect of death. Like death seems so foreign, especially to us in the Western world. We've been protected by modern medicine. Do you see that as good or bad? And what I mean by that is, do you think that's weakened us spiritually or strengthened us spiritually, this idea that we are further from physical death? I think actually it's indifferent. Um, we could view modern medicine in the way in which the Bible would ask us to do it. I mean, what is modern science? Science is observation of nature and uh, the regular patterns that we see in nature. And so we've developed a disciplined way of studying that, you know, peer review, all of that kind of stuff. And, and you know, Daniel, I think that uh, when you go back to the book of Genesis, right after the fall, um, you know, God provides Adam and Eve who know they're naked and vulnerable and exposed and all that stuff. You know, the effects of the fall are just starting to settle in. And God provides them with coats of skins. And the coats of skins are to, to mitigate the ravages of the fall. And in his providential care, God has provided all manner of whatever science has provided us or any technology that we've received as a means that God has given grace to us. Um, so we, we should view the, the scientific revolution and uh, the, the medical revolution and be in wonderment that God has allowed this to happen and that we have lived in such a marvelous time. It's, I think it should fill us with thanksgiving, and instead it's filled us with complacency, and many of us believe that we've got the world by the tail. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd say it fills with complacency, but then as soon as that complacency, like the, the rug is dragged out from under us, there's a lot of fear. And maybe this is a good opportunity to discuss this, but looking forward at 2021, we know now that there is a vaccine, right? You have this Pfizer vaccine that we've got dosages of it in Canada, throughout the United States, they're going to be distributing it. Now, this seems like a glimmer of hope for humanity, yet there are many who uh, have a severe distrust of it. Now, I think it's fair for people to be concerned about a vaccine in the sense I was reading through some of the forms. Imagine that you're a pregnant woman and there hasn't been enough tests on how this affects the child. I think you're completely right to have concerns about that and want to know more about that before you subject your child. Um, I think in, in the same way for, um, for there's other areas of, that they haven't tested uh, the vaccine on. Uh, but pregnant women in particular is the one that I, I think about. Yet at the same time, there is this offer of hope. But we also have people who are bringing in a lot of fear around this vaccine. Because I, just my observation, and without really getting political, there have been decisions that uh, I have seen that haven't made sense to me. 
Now, I also have to keep in mind that I'm not an expert in this field, and, and we live in an interesting time where everybody thinks they're an expert on certain things. Um, but there's a lot of fear around this vaccine. You have, you have these ideas of uh, Bill Gates who's involved, who is putting nanobots in into <laughs> the vaccine and he's going to control everyone and this the, there's going to all of a sudden form these microchips on your wrist that equates to the mark of the beast and it, all this sounds super out there but i mean could you give us a little bit of history on where this end times theory comes from but then also move into you know again neither of us are medical doctors but move us into the direction of how do you see this vaccine thing playing out? And is it is this safe? Is this God's grace? Is this a, a warning of the end times? No, I don't think it's a warning of the end times. It is God's grace. I think a lot of us should do a little bit of research and and stop being motivated by uh, by fears and rumors. You know, you read First uh, Thessalonians. Paul says, you know, that that some of the the believers in the Church of Thessalonica had come to believe that the day of the Lord had already arrived. So there was a rumor out. And rather than checking rumors and uh, understanding where truth lies, uh, people had allowed the worst of their fears to get a hold of them. Uh, I think Christians should be known as a people of the truth and not a people of unsubstantiated rumors. So the two vaccines that we have are RNA vaccines. So your DNA produces RNA and the RNA produces a protein uh, which should recognize the disease and fight against it. Then the RNA degrades, but the protein is still there. Can't change your DNA structure. We know that's a case that's scientifically true. Um, in terms of all of the other rumors, in terms of there being some kind of a chip in it, everything else, well, you know, if you start believing every rumor that comes along, well, pretty soon you're going to be, you know, far left field in, you know, some kind of a, you know, a global conspiracy on this, that, and the other thing. Let me tell you this about the end times, and is this the mark of the beast? Listen, the mark of the beast is the mark of the beast. There is no beast right now. There is no antichrist in the world, and so we can't have a mark of the antichrist. What we have, rather, is God's grace to mitigate a disease, and we should thank God. We should be so thankful for that because, you know, historically, and let me add this, historically, Christians have been uh, on the forefront of scientific advances. I mean, the very first scientists were believers, and uh, so we, we should always welcome a new scientific advance and see this as a gracious thing that comes from the providential hand of God to the entire human race. So uh, I think let's get out of the crazy factor and let's live in the light of truth. And uh, when there's a rumor, let's recognize it for what it is. It's a rumor that's been unsubstantiated. Let it die at that. Mm. You know, that reminds me of, like, my understanding is we are in the end times in the sense that that's what Paul believed. He believed that Christ was coming very soon. And so when he's preaching and talking, he's saying we're in these end times. Like this is, Christ is coming again. We're in the final phase of this. We're just waiting for his return. And it seems to me like throughout history, people have tried to claim specific events as the dawning of the end times, you know, the thousand years. And, and, or, and we're getting into a whole bunch of different, you know, end times theology here. But it seems to me, and I, I get concerned about when people make these pronouncements. And John, why, why do they make 
pronouncements like this? Like, why do we see this this flow out into our mainstream Christian culture? And, and keep in mind that this is my first time through this, right? I, I'm imagining yeah. that uh, a man like you're you're more seasoned. You've seen more years than I have. I'm sure you've seen many of these rumors. I have actually. I've seen these rumors. So so let me give you an example of that. Um, you know, um, from Matthew 24. When I was young, everyone was saying things like, you know, Matthew 24 uh, says, you know, that Jesus said that when you see all of these things occurring, know that the end is near. And then he said, this generation shall not pass away until all these things have occurred. So there are a number of people that said, ah, what Jesus was talking about is the fig tree. The fig tree is Israel in the Bible. Uh, When Israel becomes a nation, which it did in 1948, a generation lasts 40 years. So by 1988, uh, Christ is going to return again. So uh, Daniel, in, in my day, that was being said all over the place. When Israel became a nation, everyone said, these are the end times. Well, you know, 88 went, 98 went, 2008 went, 2018 went. You know, so we're coming to realize how ludicrous this is. And rather than learning the lessons of what happens when people run half-cocked into these weird theories— and saying, let's not do that again, we forget the lessons of history and become just as crazy as some of those people were back then. So let me say something about the signs that we are right at the door of the Lord's return. As far as I know from Scripture, no, no, it's not earthquakes will increase. What the Bible actually says, there will be earthquakes, there'll be wars, there'll be rumors of war. Things will carry on as they always have right until the coming of the Lord never says there's going to be more earthquakes or frequent intensity in the future. There's only two things that speak about that the coming of the Lord is at the door. One is, Jesus says, this gospel will be preached to all nations as a sign to all people. So what does he mean by all nations? Uh, Nobody knows what he means. I mean, there has to be a certain level of gospel saturatedness in all the cultures of the earth, and then Christ will come. So that's clearly a sign. The second sign is from 1 Thessalonians. That day will not come until the Antichrist is revealed. So those are the two only signs that we have. Everything else is based on, you know, projection and theories, speculation. And it's time that we got out of that. And let me add one more thing, because you mentioned, you know, we're in the last days. And yes, it is true that since Pentecost— and the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the the gospel going out to all the world. Um, We are now in the final phase chapter of human history. Um, That is, we have been in this chapter for 2,000 years. We're not so sure as to how much longer it will go. If you ask me, I think the time will be short, uh, give or take 1,000 years. I think it's going to be short. But nonetheless, I don't know that. And in terms of the speculation, we should have listened to Jesus. No one knows the day or the hour. And he said, not even the Son, but only the Father. So who are you or who am I that we should think that somehow we've got some, you know, secret information that this is the the last day? And, And by the way, as pandemics go, let me say this, as pandemics go, this has been a breeze. The 1918 pandemic, I mean, it killed people far more than both world wars combined. That's not happened now. Uh, In fact, in the United States, I mean, kids that went back to school when that pandemic was over found that most of their classmates were dead. That's not happened now. So it's just that we're shocked to find out that something global can happen, and we immediately assume it's got to be the end times, and then we go to all these theories. 
it's important for us to say Christ can come back at any moment, but we'll continue to plan as if that's going to be a thousand years away. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's ultimately what we can trust in. And that's ultimately what I think gives us peace as Christians, because through Christ, we are brought into a new reality that we see things on a completely different field than ever, the whole rest of the world sees them. And we were talking before a little bit here about uh, just before our show about this idea of heaven and hell. And that I was just reading today that um, his name's Kyle Strobel. He was talking about the work of Jonathan Edwards, who, by the way, you you ironically noted that Jonathan Edwards died of a of a vaccine. Is this true? Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, it was uh, this was the first vaccine. It was a smallpox vaccine, which just ravaging the world at that time. Yeah. And Edwards was so concerned um, that he should give people confidence um, that taking the next scientific advancement, seeing it as a grace of God. But they gave him the wrong dosage. And of course, in his day, they were giving people a small dosage of the live thing. Now, in this day, you know, we're not doing that. You know, people don't get the live disease within them. But, but Edwards tells us that Christians should be interested in the latest scientific advancement, uh, and we should lead the way. No, definitely. Um, that was our little caveat. Yeah, it was. Back here, though, Strobel was talking about Edwards, and he was saying that humans live on two playing fields. And there's this idea of heaven, and there's this idea of hell. And more than just being destinations, he was explaining that to an extent, you can experience heaven on earth, and you can experience hell on earth in this life. And so as Christians, we experience the breaking in of, of heaven into earth uh, through Christ, the incarnation, which, we'll, which we just celebrated uh, through this Christmas season, right? The, the coming of the Holy Spirit that, that now dwells in us and is our helper and leads us and guides us and, and, and causes us to, to worship Christ. This is us living in, in this heaven on earth. Even though it's a broken earth, we're living in this, this idea of heaven. But then he also compared that to this idea of hell in that humanity, if they live in this way, not only is their destination hell, but the selfishness, the pain, the betrayal, uh, the anger, the the resentment uh, rips and poisons people. And they experience the fall in such an intense way. They experience hell on earth. And so where I'm going with this is in 2020, a lot of us would think, oh, uh, we just experienced hell on earth. But I wanted us to just refocus here and remind ourselves that as Christians, even though the days seem dark, we still are experiencing heaven on earth. Well, I would say we're, we're experiencing a foretaste. We're not experiencing heaven. Yeah, for sure. Um, but God has allowed a certain a significant foretaste of it. But, you know, I'm reminded of, as you were talking about, you know, when Peter talks about um, you know, that God has allowed us for a little while to be grieved through various trials. He says, First Peter chapter 1, verse 6, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found result in praise, glory, and honor, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, you know, I mean, part of what we're experiencing is, I mean, God in his mercy has allowed us to go through these trials. I mean, one of the reasons why trials exist is so that we would love the things of God more than the things of this world. We'd recognize what a disappointment it is to put your hopes here. Um, so I, I would say that. 
But in terms of your heaven and hell analogy, I would say, you know, that God has indeed allowed a slight foretaste of both Mm -hmm. so that we might say to ourselves, look, I mean, if that's the reality of the matter, I don't want hell. Um, uh, You know, wars, disease, uh, all sorts of suffering. And, you know, Daniel, all of us that are alive today uh, will, if Christ delays his coming, we will experience our own death. And most of our deaths are not going to be pretty. I mean, it's going to be filled with pain and agony and all sorts of things. And it reminds me of where this world is going. It is a world of death. I got to put my hope in the things of God. And uh, therefore, you know, when we talk about, you know, the giving of the Holy Spirit, the assurance of our salvation, the joy that is set before us, the hope that God has given, all these things. Um, and therefore, that we live within that reality because we've already set our hopes on things above and not on things of this earth. Mm-hmm. Amen. So looking at 2021, what does it look like to live in that joy? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we need to, as we think about 2021, and I'm assuming now um, that we're all going to be vaccinated somewhere, by, you know, in this, uh, in this coming year. And uh, so, um, but I, my, my prayer is that we don't forget the lessons that we've learned. Let's hold the things of this world with an open hand. Uh, let's enjoy what God has given us, but recognize that, you know, as Peter said, I mean, this, you know, it's all going to burn, baby. It's going to, you know what, it's, it's all coming to an end. And uh, so if you put your hope in this world, let remember that in 2021, if you put your hope in this world, you're going to be so definitely disappointed and you're going to, you're going to cry out in agony. But if your hope is in the promises of God, well, 2021, come what may, God will control all things and we'll hope in him. So, you know, I, I don't know what 2021 has for us. I'm not a prophet, but I do know that God's promises will continue to be as true as they were all through our past. You're completely right. I think there's going to be um, a renewed sense of joy and heightened joy when we get to gather again. Ah, uh, no kidding. And I... You know, and and when we get to celebrate and shake hands and hug our friends and our loved ones, and and wouldn't you say? I mean, that feels to me like a foretaste again, just oh, yeah. of of heaven, right? A foretaste of the final reunion, because it's going to be that times a jillion, right? When Christ returns, and now we are with Him, and we can hug everybody through from history past and and you know we can sit and talk with uh peter the apostle and and be his friend and and know christ and walk with him in in the new heavens the new earth the new garden i mean there is this anticipation of that foretaste and i mean we had just talked previously about the longing right as we were thinking about christmas longing for christ to come and I think our joy is living in that joy, knowing that he will come again. You know, you said something as well. Um, you know, even now in the present, I mean, Daniel, I don't know how you feel about online church services. I think they suck, right? <laughs> I mean, it's the best we can do. And I thank God that we have the technology to have it. But I am looking to hug people. I'm looking to shake their hands. I'm looking to sit next to them. I want to s- and hear them sing. I mean, God created us for community. I mean, if there's anything this this year has taught me is how I long for brothers and sisters in Christ and to celebrate our common faith together. Uh, what a horrible thing it is for some to think church doesn't matter or, it you know, you can take it or leave it. No, you can't. Um, God has made us for this. Yeah, and I hope that 
everybody remembers this event. Yeah. Like almost, you know, as, as a, to use the analogy of an Ebenezer stone, right? The Lord instructed the people of Israel, set up this Ebenezer so you can tell your kids about what God did here. And I hope we all take and remember 2020 and COVID and, and put that in the back of our mind as Ebenezer and remind ourselves of, huh. of this longing and how much we missed being together, how much we missed gathering together. And we remember that. And that actually caused us to worship even deeper and even in an even greater way. Yeah, you know, in 1918, in that pandemic, uh, it's amazing that when, uh, you know, the next year came and the pandemic ended, nobody ever talked about it. I mean, it's like a big empty in terms of history. And I mean, I've talked to people, you know, older people who had parents that went through that. And they said, well, my, my dad, my mom never mentioned it. It was true. People just became silent. I pray we don't do that about 2020, exactly as you say. I think we should retell the story and we should tell, we learned afresh how much the fellowship of God's people, how much love for one another means something significant and how much we can't live without that. I mean, wow, I'm with you. Let's remember, let's put up an Ebenezer, let's say, yeah, let's remember, let's not be silent about this. So I think we both we both agree we are longing and looking forward to being able to gather again uh, with our church bodies. Uh, but on a personal note, what are you looking most forward to uh, in 2021? I'll, I'll tell you what it is for me. For for me, it's 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 being able to have friends over. Ah, uh, yeah. Right to hang out with with my friends, to be able to for Lisa and I, my wife, to be able to host people and not feel like people are going to report us or something, you know, for having too many people in our home, <laughs> but that we can we can be hospitable and and, and go to concerts. Uh, for me, that's what I'm most looking forward to. Well, that's cool. You know, I hope you have enough people in your house that there's a line up to your bathroom, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love traveling. And yes. this has been, uh, you know what? See, it just have done none of that. So, um, you know, again, there's a beautiful world that God has given us to enjoy. And it just doesn't seem like it's been possible. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So, you know, there's so much. I, you know, and, uh, but I think you're right, Daniel. You know, when I think about all the things that I like, when, when my house is full, um, and, and you look, you know, I'm an old guy, right? So I got, I got my, my, my kids then, they all come home, and then I got grandkids, and they're shouting and screaming and doing all, who knows what, and I just sit in a corner, I'm quiet, and I'm going to have a big smile on my face, and I'm going to say, thank you, God, uh, for this wonder uh, of extended family and of friends that go beyond that, all that kind of stuff. That is the greatest that we can celebrate, no doubt about it. Amen. Well, this has been a great little chat, and uh, we look forward to being able to connect with you again, and thanks for being on the program, John. Thanks for having me. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hi, Ben Lowell, Director of Good News Global Media's In Doubt. If you listen to today's program, you're either a young person looking to understand how the Bible speaks to current issues of life, faith, and culture, or you're someone passionate to see young people grow in their walk with Jesus and understand the Bible. 
We want to thank you for being with us and encourage you to touch base by emailing info at indoubt.ca or in the U.S., info at indoubt.com. Also, we want to let you know that Indoubt is a ministry that only exists through the support of donors. So every gift of any amount means so much. For more information, visit indoubt.ca or in the U.S., indoubt.com.